So there's an interesting dynamic going on when you have an Olympic trials. You know, any athlete's got a peak at a certain time, right? We've got a situation now where the Koreans have fully selected their team. They started the trials process, ran them through the ringer, absolutely uh, crushed them, you know, over the course of a period of time. And now the Koreans have got a strong, arguably very strong team. Again. Again, as they always do. But you know what? From here on, they shoot as a team. And they're going to chill out. They're mm-hmm. going to Medellin next because they're not going to go to Shanghai. They're sending some juniors to Shanghai. They're going to have a chance to settle down. They're going to have a chance to relax. They're going to have a chance to get the trials process out of their system and mm-hmm. focus back on Rio. Yeah, get the attention out of the way, the news releases, blah, blah, blah. You know, Whereas other teams, the U.S. namely. U.S. comes to mind. They're going to have to deal with this in what, June? Yeah. And that's, you know, what is that, five weeks before the game start? Yeah. So, uh not even nine yeah. something like that they'll they'll know at the end of may end of may is when we'll is that when they'll know yep and so, then uh so there's a calculated risk here yeah a lot less time well the other side of it is you know the koreans if they've made the team they need they might feel like they need to make a little adjustment they have time to make it now without worrying about still trying to make the team you know they can take a step backward in an effort to move two steps forward yeah and you know that Arguably is uh, a better approach than, say, uh, what they did back in 04 when they had a single trials process and, you know, that, that team didn't accomplish anything, unfortunately. I wasn't familiar with that one. Yeah, so that uh, that was a bad... Oh, the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. did that. Yeah. The Koreans have never screwed around. Right. Team. Yeah. It seems like every time we have a system that works well here in the U.S., we change it. Naturally. Yeah. yeah. And then they learn the lessons of you know why changing it maybe not such a great idea and then they overreact and have a nine-stage process <laughs> hi i'm george techman with steve the big cat anderson we're back for another eastern podcast before steve heads on the big aluminum tube headed to shanghai china with what sounds like a nasty cold i'm getting over it i'm feeling a lot better okay well that's good to know but yeah if i sound weird on the mic sorry you well know, two days ago you sounded like um it was uh, not a good day for you no so you're sounding a lot better. No. So I'll go over there and uh, and get that Shanghai cough that we always get, too. That's so always. Never that's really get rid of this. Always a pleasure. <laughs> so um, let's, uh, let's talk about Korea some more. I mean, the Korean team, arguably the process of picking the Korean team for the Olympic Games, that is just as hard as winning the Olympic Games. Or harder. Or harder. I would say harder. Yeah. I can't argue with that one. And, you know, the same used to be true here in the United States, but you've got to go back 30 years to, to find when that was the case. <laughs> Kibo Bay will be defending her Olympic title in Brazil, um, which, which is the only uh, member of the team who is going back from the London Olympics. It's Kibo Bay, the reigning champion of the world. And reigning Olympic champion. And uh, absolute, you know, dominant force among women's archers right now. And the second qualifier on her team. Yes, that's another <laughs> very good point. She's, 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 you know, I mean, let's face it. The Korean women, you could take the number 20 Korean woman and put her on any national team in in 160 world archery countries right now. You'd probably take 155 of those countries, and the number 20 Korean woman would be the number one woman in any one of those countries. Yep. And I'm probably, you know, it's probably more than that. Very well could be. So, yeah. 
you know, the Korean Archery Association has got this whole thing sussed from the standpoint of knowing how to pick a team, knowing how to keep them motivated and strong, and giving them the support they need to do what they got to do, which is go out there and win. Right. They don't have to worry about, you know, what's happening at home or paying the bills or anything like that. So you got the world champion Kim Woo Jin. You got the very strong Kuban Chan. Yep. And the equally strong Lee Sang Young representing the men. Yeah, three that were staples on their World Cup team last yeah. year. And Doug Denton's a happy guy because uh, a couple of Hoyt shooters. A couple of Hoyts in there. And uh, actually quite a few of the GMX risers. Uh, yeah, they, these. they love the GMX riser. I, I got to say, though, I was really happy because, the uh, you know, as you know, the Koreans buy their arrows from us. We don't actually give them X-10s. Yeah, despite what people think. I know. And um, they posed with their X-10s in all their team photos. Did you see that? Very cool. I thought that was really nice. <laughs> really cool. So um, congratulations to uh, Mr. Kim, Mr. Koo, and Mr. Lee. Choi Misun, number one with a bullet to uh, make the team. Kibo Bay was second, and uh, Chang Hai Jin was third. And I think that's a new name for me. I don't know if I've seen her at any event. So Miss Chang, four years ago, just barely missed making the team. Oh, good for her then. Yep. So she's come back strong and and has done it. And uh, I have seen her a couple of times at other events. But uh, Miss Kang, uh, who has been pretty strong this season, she was fourth and uh, reportedly, uh, you know, understandably upset about yeah. that. Yeah. She's the one with the big glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yep. Not the only one with the big glasses. We've had others with big glasses on the Korean it's a good. It's a trend right now, the big frame glasses. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's Stalin. All right. But like I said, you know, only Kibo Bay out of the five, uh, out of the six people on the team, only Kibo Bay is going to the games as a repeat uh, performer. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, what's interesting is, you know, those five athletes joining her, that'll be their first Olympic Games. And you and I have talked about this before. There's an interesting statistic about first Olympic Games. Every Olympic champion, with the exception of Simon Fairweather in 2000, won their Olympic championship at their first Olympics, won their first Olympic championship at their first Olympics. And the reason I have to phrase it that way is because Daryl Pace came back and did it a second time after skipping one. You know, the one we boycotted in 1980, and then he came back in 1984 and won those. So his first games, he won 1976, and then boycotted 1980. Not not his fault. Didn't want to boycott it. He would have won in 1980, no doubt. He was 100 points above everybody else in the world at the time. So there's no question Daryl would have won those games in my mind and probably in most other people's minds. Not to take anything away from the winner of that particular games, who's a good friend of ours, Tommy Poikalainen, but Daryl was just at a different level back then. And so Daryl's the only guy who's got two individual Olympic gold medals. Nobody else has ever done that in the men's category. Very cool. Nor in the women's. And very few even get an opportunity to repeat Tells you something about just how dominant he was back then. Yeah. But right now, you're looking at a situation where Kibo Bay has an opportunity to repeat. The stats say that's not easy to do, but she's got that possibility. But what I find interesting is all five of these men at the games, it's their first time at the games. The odds of them winning the games are reasonable. Very. Very, very reasonable. Now, there's going to be some very good shooters there who have something to say about that, not the least of whom will be members of our own Olympic team. And it's maybe too soon to give our predictions, but we could probably pretty solidly talk about that a little bit in a little bit here. I feel like I feel like Brady's a all but a lock. You know, um, points-wise, as we do the podcast, they've still got one round-robin pass to shoot. But Brady's got 84 points on the board. He's 10 points ahead of Zach Garrett. And Zach's got a solid 
spot on second, right? Yeah, I, mean, he's, I think so. Zach is... So it's really down to yeah, Zach's two fifteen people. points ahead yep. of second. As far as I'm concerned, right now you're looking at a at a race between Jake Kaminsky and Colin Klimchek. Yeah, I'm not sure Brady would even need to shoot the third one to make it. Yeah, maybe mathematically you're right. I I need to do the math, but I think you're probably right. And um, when you look at this thing, uh, Jacob Wookie, who was in London, he's uh, man, he's going to have to have a heck of a run in this last pass. Yeah, it looks you know, like he struggled and, today. But there is another, you know, there's another event ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And some things could happen. But you look at the math and you consider the event ahead. And if everybody stays healthy, well, let's let's just mention the top eight in the men's category now. It's uh, it's Sean McLaughlin because there was a cut yesterday. You know, it was a cut to eighth place. Mm-hmm. So everybody below the eighth place cut is out. That includes some standouts like Vic Wonderly and Dan Schuler and uh, young guys like uh, Nathan Yamaguchi. And Chris Webster, who uh, just landed a job over at Hoyt. Yeah. So, um, and Jeremiah Cusick, our friend Jeremiah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of good shooters in this in this top group here. You got Sean McLaughlin, one of the one of the twins from Ohio, and his brother Dan. Um, Jacob Wookie, the uh, silver medal holder from the team round in London in 2012. Tom Stanwood, who's not in the uh, RA program right now. I think he's the only guy on this list that's not an RA. Um, and then we've got Colin yeah. Klimchek, future Navy SEAL. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Wookie's not an RA either. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but he used to be. Right. Yeah. Tom Jake, never was. Yeah. I don't think. Jake Kaminsky, uh, of mm-hmm. course, an RA uh, at one time. Zach Garrett, currently an RA, and Brady Ellison. And so that shows you something about you know consistency and making this your full time job. This is what you've got to do these days. Mm-hmm. Similarly with the women, number one with a bullet, our favorite. Mackenzie Brown. Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah, and she's, she's doing got great. A, she's got a solid uh, hold on first place. Pretty solid, yeah. Um, but, you know, Miss Park Hee-Yun, and, and, and she lives here in the U.S., so I'm going to go with Hee-Yun Park. We'll go with American Order and her name. Um, you know, she's got, uh, what, about a uh, about seven and a half, seven and a half point deficit there. It could make it up. I mean, she's a heck of a shooter. That, yeah. <clears throat> We've got Ariel Gibilaro. Ariel, uh, coming from Connecticut, and uh, now an RA, and doing very well. Uh, she is in kind of a dead heat with a Lenola Pritchard for the uh, yeah third, third spot fourth there. fourth yep. you know third fourth position there. Katuna Lorig uh, made a strong move up the board, but man, she's, she's way still, back. Yeah, she's way off the I, pace. You know, if these top four right now keep their pace at the final round, that's going to be a tough one for Katuna to make a sixth Olympics. I think it's uh, it's probably I would say it's nearly impossible. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, if she goes out and wins qualification and gets bonus points and wins every match, maybe. Yeah, but there'd but, be a you'd have to have. I mean, bonus points are uh, given by qualification the qualification score, score right? You got to shoot some pretty high numbers. Yeah, and it's to make that work. Yeah, if the conditions don't favor it, it's not going to happen. So right. that's. So, uh, do hmm. you know where the final trials are? It'll be at Gator Cup. Oh. Well typically windy so there you go you know the odds of high score are going to be difficult there yeah last year we had last year it was our first stage of uh world team trials and we had great conditions you know us did get the bonus i'll bet you that a lot of these shooters don't know who the number nine shooter is but i do and that's tatiana muntian do you know who that is i met her yeah she's from she was from ukraine ukraine Ukraine. and she represented ukraine in the Olympic Games in 1988 
at the time, she was part of the USSR team. So Tatiana mm. shot very well at the Seoul Olympic Games. And uh, imagine coming back that many years later, and, and she still looks great. She's shooting great. And, um, you know, she's living here in the U.S. now. But, uh, you know, Tatiana came up to me in, in Vegas, and she looks at me, she goes, you do not know who I am, do you? And I said, of course I know who you are. <laughs> so where, where her hurt my Katuna, feelings. <laughs> was, was she a teammate of Katuna's in one of those Olympic Games? You know, um, no, I don't think so. Uh, in the CIS the situation, I don't think that she was shooting at that time. I could be wrong. But, you know, we've had a number, a lot of the top Soviet women from the era uh, left, you know, I mean, obviously Katuna came here and, um, you know, there was a, a top shooter, uh, Ludmila Arjanakova, who moved to the Netherlands, right? And, and you know, they just they got out of Dodge when they could. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them <laughs> even right. a little bit because that was a tough place to live, during, especially during the collapse of the Soviet Union, you know. But uh, there's a lot of talent. And, um, you know, we, we saw some of that represented here at our trials with, uh, with Tatiana's representation. Um, and I think that, that uh, you know, she stays in the sport. She's not only capable of being a, a great competitor, but also, you know, down the road she could coach. Right. Probably does, in fact, now that I think about it. So Mackenzie Brown um, has just been shooting outstandingly all the way through this thing. Um, you know, her, her average scores have been really good, even in bad weather, and uh, she's just been outclassing the rest of the, the, rest of the flock out there. But, uh, you know, Ms. Puck... Uh, some people think there's another one that came from nowhere, but no, she's been you know she's been around for a while. And then you got Ariel, who uh, used to be a student of uh, Teresa Iaconi, uh, Teresa Johnson now. And uh, I remember when I worked at Hoyt, I got a call from Teresa, and she's like, uh, you know, Ariel, I'd really like to see if we could get her a bow. So, you know, Ariel wasn't ranked; she wasn't a top shooter. But I, you know, I I knew who I knew who uh, I knew that if somebody like Teresa recommended a shooter like her, that that would probably be a good idea. We don't usually do that kind of thing. And so I made sure Ariel got a bow back then. So a little, little, uh, little side note, extra support kind of thing there for, there at go. the time, an up-and-coming shooter. So I'm kind of happy to see her in the top three right Yeah, now. she's really cool. I like her. Yeah, good kid. Really good kid. And then uh, Lenola, also a good kid. You yeah. Know? I mean, just there. It's a, it's a great group of women have – potentially representing the United States yeah. in, in the Rio games. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Katuna of course has been a force to contend with for, for decades now. Uh, Lauren Clemon and Aaron Mickleberry and a good friend of mine, Heather Cole is nice to see in the top eight yeah. uh, as well. So yeah, she had a big day. I think she was the number one qualifier on she the did first very day. Well. Yeah. yeah. And you know, she's a bow hunter. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's uh, maybe gives her a different perspective when she's looking at her opponent. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Koreans a little more, though. Um, you know, Ojin Hyuk is not going to be able to defend his Olympic title, and I know that he's he's you know he's not happy. He's obviously disappointed. Um, when I will I will tell you that when the uh, one of the guys who made the team maybe I shouldn't name him right one of the guys who made the Korean team. He told Korean media, well, I'll just say it was, it was Kim Woo-jin. Kim Woo-jin told the Korean media that when he didn't make the team the last time around, he went on a week-long drinking binge and, and just <laughs> he just wiped himself out. And then he said he straightened himself out, got back on his feet, and that's why he's here. 
<laughs> that's awesome. But that's, you know, I mean, imagine, imagine the pressure. Yeah. It's incredible. That's all you, that's all you want out of life. Some more, some more Olympic point. developments. Um, a good friend of ours, uh, uh, Okura, uh, Yuko Okura from Japan. She's been announced as the archery manager for Tokyo 2020. You met her when she was here oh, yeah. at the archery center. Met her in Copenhagen yep, as well. Yeah, she's been around for a number of the big tournaments. So uh, Yuko is going to be responsible for everything archery in Tokyo in 2020. I think Tokyo is going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. But, you know, it's a long road to get there. They'll get there. It, they will get there. You It'll know, the probably thing be about, one of the best Olympics in, in modern history. Well, you know, I would say the potential is there for it. But I will tell you, you know, I've been to six Olympics, and um, every every one of those Olympic Games wants to be the best. But from the little microcosmic view that you get just being at one sport, right? You know, you can I can I can tell you right now who I think was the best, right? The best games, whatever. But that would be well, I, I don't want to say, but I I will say that I have a feeling of what that is, but only based on my experience in archery, right? Right. You got to look at the big picture. Yeah. And then when you look at the big picture for Tokyo, it's probably going to be right up there because of the way that the you know the layout is going to be. But archery in particular, I think, will be okay. But we're in a windy spot. That's the only thing that worries me a little bit. We're in a windy spot. We're close to Haneda Airport um, mm-hmm. on an island called um, the Island of Dreams in English, right? It's okay. uh, Yume no Shima. Yume no Shima. Yume is dream in Japanese. And Yume no Shima is an artificial island built in Tokyo Bay. And I've shot there a few times because there's a, a sports center there, and I've done a bunch of seminars there. And um, I also participated in a couple of other tournaments there. So it's always windy. And so I'm a little, you know, it could be a windy windy event for us there. But uh, I agree with you 100%. I think Tokyo is going to have the best games possible. And I think that's that's really um, a function of, of the location, a function of the culture, and a function of the preparation and the preparation starts now. Yeah. Know, the preparation actually has started some time ago. But Yuko is uniquely qualified to help run, you know, the archery event at the uh, at the Tokyo Games. You know, she is an archer. And then she was uh, a phys ed professor at uh, Nitaidai, uh, Japan Sports Science University. And then she was working for the Federation. She's got a sports psychology background. So, you know, she's uh, a good organizer and she's going to have a lot of help. So that'll be that'll be a good thing. And congratulations to our friend uh, Yuko Okura for being appointed as the manager of that uh, of that event in 2020. You know, it's um, remarkable to me, but we've got another world championship to think about coming up in a year. You know, and and that's going to be in. Um, excuse me. In, in before I go there, before I go there, we've got a World Cup final this year. You're on the World Cup circuit right now. You're right. going to Shanghai for the first yep. event and kicking it off next week and you know that culminates in denmark in copenhagen in copenhagen yeah. again so that'll be cool well here's what's i'm probably not going to go i probably am not going to go to that thing i don't even know when it is it's going to be in late july i think july yeah so it'll That's be awesome. part of green green winter <laughs> yeah but i've got about 300 kroner i need to give you to change for <laughs> me so um but my point is that you know now is not just the olympic cycle everybody and in particular the compounds your big event this year is that final in Copenhagen. Yeah, that's all we've got. Yeah, well, it's not all you've got. <laughs> well, there was the Indoor Worlds, which has come and gone and was kind of, you know, not a full event. 
but um, so yeah, for what for what we're working with as compounders, this you know Copenhagen is is the one field, field yeah fields its own little game you know kind of those quirky dorks those nerdy guys who like field. So you know, in spite of your best efforts, you are going to Shanghai. I say in spite of your best efforts because you got a nasty cold and you took. I mean, I think you get your visa tomorrow and you fly out on Sunday, right? It, I've got the visa. Oh, now, good. So I got to go pick good. it up. All right. Yep. Well, that's good. So the point is that um, that's going to be an important event yep. for the compounds this year. Yeah. Sarah Lopez will be there, I gather. Um, yeah, I understand she will. Yep. Okay. And so for the women, you know, you're going to have top level competition. I think the Koreans are sending a women's compound team as well as a men's. I don't know. You know, it's interesting this year. I know a lot of countries are, are not funding compound just because it's Olympic year and they're, that's where the money's going. So I feel like it's a, it's going to be a light field. Are you but, looking at that as an opportunity at all? Uh, well, I, no, not really, because the men's side will still be pretty hefty. A lot of the men are going to fund their own way. Sure. You know, the Peter Elzingas and Mike Schlosers of the world, they're just going to pay their own way. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe instead of having, you know, 30 guys who are capable of 700, we'll have 20, uh-huh. but it's still going to be, maybe you get one more match. That's a little easier. That's it. Maybe. So you're shooting and who else is shooting for the U S uh, we got Whiffler, real wild and uh, Braden Gallantine. So full four man team. Yep. And so the top three of that will shoot the team event. Yeah. Hope we see you there. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one arrow at a time. Yeah. Shoot the arrows. It'll be good. <laughs> Rio's off to a good start this season. He, um, yeah. you know, after a little bit of a rough patch during the indoor, I think he's uh, pulled it together with uh, Arizona Cup win, so maybe he's on a bit of a roll. Yeah, it'll help him out a lot. Braden's shooting well. Braden's shooting good. Always seems to find a way to shoot good. Yeah, I know you're a little under the weather, but... Uh, Figure it out. I think you'll be ready by then. Uh, as long as, uh, you know, that, that's the beauty of a World Cup. You can You can go to one, you get a practice day. You get a qualification day, which really doesn't mean anything. And then if you can if you can find a way to get yourself shooting well, you know, Thursday you can make a good run at things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you're going to shoot against the same people. It's just whether you're on the top half of the bracket or the bottom. And what about Wolfgang? Wolfgang, you know, we'll see what he's got. Alex Wolfgang Wiffler. <laughs> yep. That really is his name. Yes, it That's is. That's his actual name. Yep. And I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and if I ever find myself having to announce a world archery event again, I'll, I will announce him that way. He will be the Wolfgang. Yes. All right. Uh, you know, the other thing uh, we got coming up is uh, not that far away, and that is going to be Nottingham. The UK is going to be home of the European <coughs> Championship, which is also the final <coughs> continental qualifying event, the continental qualifying event, right. I should say, for Europe. And uh, a lot of people are setting their sights on that one. Yep. So that'll, that'll be... Could be cool. interesting. Could be interesting because it's in Nottingham. It's in northern UK, and it could very well be interesting weather. I'm sure it will be. I'll be bringing. Know. I'll be bringing all my rain gear, and that, therefore it won't rain. Yeah, and it's. Uh, well, I'll I'll be missing that. I'll be there, tail into that for some business stuff over on the other side of the pond. But I will miss. I will miss the finals. That'll be cool event i'm sure yeah i'll be there for the whole thing so that should be fun I'm and then looking forward to it w- when is the continental qualifier over here is it medellin yeah i think okay. so okay so the so the u.s women will have a chance to qualify three there no no because they qualified one they don't get to play in the ah. fqt in the cqt they've got to do it at the fqt in, in turkey in antalya turkey yep so which uh wouldn't it be nice to have the whole team decided and have them going to shanghai shooting yes. together practicing together yes Getting it no, but no, it's not. It would be nice to have the team decided before Shanghai. Yep, have them, give them a full 
two World Cups to go figure out how to shoot together. I kind of wonder what's the point of another of another whole round because the top the bottom four can only be spoilers now, right? Arguably, certainly yeah. the bottom three, right? All they, at the math, yeah. And and there, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if we'll see it too much, but you know, I've been a part of trials where the bottom three go. Eh, I'm going to give this guy one. And, oh yeah, well, know. I, I know, I've seen that. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, really, at this point, cut to four. That's or, what cut, I'm or say, you know, you got to be within a certain number of points of the leader yep. or you're or you're gone. Yep. Well, I mean, that makes sense on a certain level. But, you know, at the same time, we've got uh, a process that was laid out, you know, in, in advance. And yeah. they're going to follow the rules as they should. You know? Right. And this is, uh, you know, it's just one of those things though. you look at it and you go, oh, man, you know, they're giving up a lot of training opportunities to work together as a team, you know. Yeah. And talking with the guys it sounds like this world cup they're sending i don't i don't remember how they're doing it but it's kind of backwards in my mind they're sending the top 4 from trials from the first stage of trials so they're all going to this one right you know now that's all rearranged and then they're going to take the world cup team based off the team rankings from last year's USAT events to world cup 2 so at no point will the guys have the opportunity to really train together. You mm-hmm. know, Turkey is what, two weeks after Gator Cup? So after, right. it's two weeks after we determine our team. It's it's crazy. I mean, they should have the team. This should be the final trials, in my opinion. And well, they at least have Medellin and uh, Antalya to, to work together. So, you know, that last chance to earn those final two slots in Antalya in June is going to mean that uh, there's a lot more pressure than normal, I think, on yeah. those women. I mean, they did it last time here in Ogden. It was here in Ogden, and um, you know they they could have done it in the El Salvador World Cup at the time, but one of the shooters, well, it was Katuna. In fact, she shot like a six on the last arrow, mm. and so they had to come back and do it in Ogden. And they did it very well. I mean, they did very well in Ogden. Yeah. So they did have a full team in London, but uh, man, I'll tell you, you don't need that pressure. No. And let's remember, it's not at the World Cup event in Turkey. It's at the FQT event, which is a separate event, separate day. It's like the yeah, it's got its own day or yeah, the it's day last after day. or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, so that's a separate thing, and um, you know, it's got its own dynamic. But you get to warm up by shooting the World Cup, right? You know, that's good. Okay. Um, so they get they do get a little practice round as a team. Yeah, yeah. You know, looking at uh, some of the statements that that some of our American team prospectives. Uh, had to make yesterday uh you know down in chula vista brady's saying that um he shot really well which is obvious he had about a uh, 28 and a half average of three arrows out of a possible 30 it's never it's never not windy in chula vista except at midday right when they're having lunch <laughs> so the wind's roaring in the morning from one direction and they have lunch when wind dies and then they go back out on the field when the wind's coming from the santa Ana side so it's you know it's always windy out there so I, I think that's a pretty respectable score. There's a picture um, on some, I think it was on Twitter. Yeah, it was on Twitter. USA Archery put it up of Jacob Wookie, his first end, 60 points. Saw that. Sweet. So that was pretty nice. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of pulling for Wookie. He's a good guy. And they're all good guys. But Wookie, Wookie's kind of like every man, you know, because <laughs> he's working for a living <laughs> now, right? He's he's going to dental school or whatever he's doing. And, yeah, I can respect that. Yeah, it's hard to do, you know. But he's, he's a talented shooter and uh, just a great, a great person to hang out with. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that he, uh, can move up the board a little bit, but that's going to be a tough, tough road to hoe. 
But, you know, 15 matches, everything from calm to super windy, and it's just not easy. It's just grueling. And, you know, no less are the Koreans. The Koreans are probably just ready to just, you know, jump in a swimming pool for a few hours or something. I mean, it's <laughs> same Chill deal. out a bit. Oh, yeah. man, they just talk about a, a uh, hammer and anvil kind of approach, right? But you forge strong metal that way. Right. And the Koreans have got that. So what else we got coming up? Um, a lot. I mean, it's like back to back to back to back to back, you know? It's relentless again. We get home from Shanghai. I think we're here two days, and then we head to Redding. Right, which is the Western Trail shoot. Yep. And um, kind of a break from target archery, even though it's kind of marked targets and marked distances. Yeah, we're shooting at an orange dot, you know? At up to 101 yards or something like that, am I right? Yep. And so that's yards, not meters. Yards. Yeah, and uh, you've done well there. Yeah. And uh, our good buddy... uh, Brian Gold's done well there. Mm-hmm. Jacob Wookie, or excuse me, um, um, Kevin Wilkie. <laughs> Kevin Wilkie's done great there. I mean, we got a lot of uh, a lot of local friends, yeah, who, employees and such, yeah, and, who do yep. well in that event. And uh, so, I, I wish I could go. Uh, it looks like fun. I've never been to one. It, you know, it, it just never works out time wise for me. Yeah, it's a fun event. It it used to be. I mean, it's gotten so big. That now the, the wait times are crazy. I mean, you, I've I've had wait times an hour between targets. You know, used to be we'd start about eight thirty, we're off the course at one one thirty. Now it's like four thirty, five thirty, we're rolling off the course. It's a long days out there, and it's uh, it's a great tournament though, and that's why so many people show up. I mean, easily one of my favorites of the year. So you know, I think it's going to be. Um a good break for some people you're either going to get rain there or you're going to get nice hot weather right it's Probably, either one or yeah, the other yeah generally i don't and think it, there's and any it's hot no predictions right now I was just dragging it back to the subject of shanghai for a second here um looking at who's showing up for shanghai this upcoming week yeah korea's got a full entries. squad right yeah it looks like full squad compound and recurve yeah and but the uh, top, you know, the Olympic team shooters are getting some time off before Shanghai. They're they're not going to go to Shanghai. They're going to send uh, sort of a junior squad of recurves. It looks like it. Yep, these yep. are names I've never seen. So. Well, and and I bet you do see them on the leaderboard. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> some things never change. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and speaking of the Koreans, you know, we we touched on the subject of Ojin Hyuk, but um, you know, and we mentioned Kang Che Young. Uh, you know, Kang. Not making that team, that's that's got to be a bit of a blow because in 2015, you know, she won three gold medals the first time out internationally, uh, you know, made that final eight. They were calling her Kang the Destroyer, right? Isn't that Chris Mar- <laughs> Chris Wells' uh, name for her? Yeah, something like that. Where does that come from? Is that a Conan the Barbarian reference? I don't know. I like it, though. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, you look at that and you just go, my goodness, any country would be thrilled to have any of the people that the Korean team, you know, rejected from <laughs> from the process here. You just you look at it and it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's like it's it's uh, like an NBA player in a high school game. It's huge. It's amazing. So, um, you know, the other thing is the Koreans have, have uh, really focused this time. And I think Kibo Bay said it best. She wants to get a second individual medal at the Games, but she's told the media, most importantly, that she wants to keep the team record for the Olympic Games because Korean women have won every single recurve women's team competition 
since the event was introduced back in 1988. That's the coolest. That is a really cool record. Yeah. And it's an intimidating record for any other team. So I'm putting money. No, I'm not. I'm not putting money on anything. <laughs> I am. I'm predicting that if the Korean women have a challenge this year, that challenge will come from Japan in Rio. Um, and I'm going to say it's 6-0 <laughs> gold medal. <laughs> 6-0, give them the gold. All right. <laughs> well, well, I guess it's only 5-0, right? Well, you'll have to text me when you're down there and let me know. I'll let you know. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that uh, it's going to come down to them, at least in the quarterfinals somewhere, right? So we'll see. We will see. And, hey, let's hope that the American women have a chance to uh, qualify their team in Turkey and uh, and have a team round opportunity. Yep. You know, the exciting thing about the Tokyo Games is there's a very good chance, it almost certainly, we're going to have a mixed team event. That'll be cool. Which yeah. means universality. Yeah, and a whole new... Uh whole new aspect of competition in the Olympics. And a know? chance to win another medal yep. for every country. A historic first medal. Yeah, true enough. And no additional days needed, no additional medals required, except the, you know, I mean, no additional athletes required is what I'm trying to say. Right. So I think that, you know, IOC is, is more than happy to do stuff like that, especially yeah. stuff that increases what they call universality, which means, you know, women's opportunities in the Olympic Games. And I have it on good authority, very good authority, the best, Dr. Professor, Professor Dr. Or Erdner, that the um, IOC expects this will be the first Olympic Games with full parity between men and women, meaning that the same number of athletes. Wow. So that's that's Tokyo. Right, that's cool. that, we're getting ahead a little bit though. We got Rio still on the. Yeah, we got to make it through Rio. We got to make it through Rio. Still in one piece by yeah, the time well, we get there. There you go. But you know, I I think that uh, a lot of people are looking forward to Tokyo, and um, I hope that Rio is able to. I hope Brazil is able to get past some of the turmoil that they've got politically, and you know the the obvious problems that we don't need to repeat. You know, are gonna I, they have a way of working out for the most part. I know how I'm going to solve my problems. I'm listening. Two thermocells running full time. <laughs> that's a bug. One repellent. on each hip. That's a bug repellent device for bow hunters, in case you don't know. <laughs> One on each but hip. But you can't bring any camouflage thermocells. Right. Now I'll have to get the olive drab one. There you go. Because yeah. it cannot be camouflage. You can't have camo anywhere, anything with camo anywhere out there. Are we, uh, are we, oh yeah, we've got to, you know, we've got to plug a couple things. One of the things we've got to plug is Easton Archery Facebook, right? Which is Easton Archery Target. Target. I'm still looking for whoever it is that named it that so I can beat them. <laughs> but Easton Archery Target is our Facebook page. And then you've got yours. Yours, Steve Anderson. Steve it's Anderson. Big Cat Archery. Yep. And on Twitter, you're... Steve Anderson 88. Steve Anderson 88. And here at the podcast, here at the Easton Podcast, we are more than happy to take your email messages... We're going to keep this one short because Steve needs his cold medicine pretty soon. <laughs> needs his chicken soup. But uh, we will pick up your, your questions. We have received a few, and we'll pick them up on the next podcast. But uh, that is... End of show? No. Oh. Podcast. <laughs> See what happens when I don't have my cold medicine? See? I get loopy. What's the address? Podcast at eastontp.com. Podcast at E-A-S-T-O-N-T-P, technical products, dot com. Right. And now... Now, end of show. End of show.